We just had a discussion for the last uh, page on the creation of the world, details within the creation of the world, of details within the creation of the earth, and then also of the heavens and the seven different types, seven different heavens that exist. And the Gemara is going to have one other discussion with regards to the heavens. And then it will move on to the discussion about the Maisa Merkava, not about the creation of the world, but about the Maisa Merkava, details within the throne of God, God's chariot, based on the vision from Yecheskel, from, uh, from, his, from his prophecy. So the Gemara says as follows, Tanya, this is on 13a1 in the second column, it is taught in a bracer from the time period of the Mishnah. Amar Rabbi says, What is the reply, the heavenly reply from the heavenly voice given to that wicked man? It's referring to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Bavel, of Babylon. When he said, What did he say? He was a, a, a Russia, a wicked person who said, I will send over the tops of the clouds the, above the heavens and I will liken myself to God. And so he was rebelling against God. He was equating himself to God. What was the heavenly response? And so the Brisa continues and says, Yatsabasko of Armalo, the heavenly a voice emerged from heaven and it responded as follows. Rasha ben Rasha. It first introduces him and says, You are a wicked person, the son of a wicked person. You are the grandson of Nimrod, who is the one who... Uh, tried to get the entire world to rebel against Hashem. Nimrod was around during the generation of uh, the Tower of Bavel, where he would gather the entire world to rebel against God. And so it's saying here that Nebuchadnezzar is the grandson of this Nimrod because he's also, and he's also trying to rebel, is rebelling against Hashem. Uh, there is a discussion as to whether this is meant to be taken literally. Is he? I don't know if he's a grandson, but a descendant. Of Nimrod, Tosa says that he is not. He's not biologically related. Tosa is the classic commentator. However, he does say that conceptually there's a connection. Both of them are rebelling against God, and so that's what it means that he is the uh, grandson of Nimrod, and not that he's biologically related, but that he is conceptual. There's a conceptual connection between these two kings of Bavel. They're both kings from Babylon. We find this idea elsewhere where. If you uh, if you have a, a connection, an ideological connection, so then we view you as part of that group. We have that, the, Ram, the Rambam, Maimonides says that with regards to a malik, there's a mitzvah, there's a commandment to destroy a malik, which is a specific nation who attacks the Jewish people. And the Rambam, Maimonides says that we don't know who are the descendants nowadays. Uh, everything got mixed up. However, those that oppose... Uh, the Jewish people and everything that they believe in, so then they are viewed as today's Amalek, those that are go completely against what we, uh, the Jewish people, believe in. So we find this elsewhere uh, as well, that you can be viewed as a, as a descendant from a particular group, even if you're not uh, actually biologically related. So this is the introduction to Amalek, to, sorry, to Nebuchadnezzar, that you are the Russia ben Russia, you are the Russia, the wicked person who is the grandson who is connected to Nimrod. And, it, and the heavenly voice says as follows, it's impossible for you to reach God. You can't reach God. Why? How many years does it take for man, 
to live, an average person lives Shiv Mishana, 70 years. Shinamar, as the verse says, Yimei Shinosem Behem Shiv Mishana, Bim Guruz, Shmonim Mishana. The days of our years for those average people is 70 years. If you're mighty, if you're strong, so then you could live for 80 years. But the average person lives for 70 years. And then we're going to say to get from the earth to all the way to the heavenly throne takes way, way more than 70 years. To go from the earth to the first heavens. Again, we had seven heavens. To go to the first heaven takes 500 years. And then the thickness of the heaven is another 500 years. To get from the, the first heaven, to get from the bottom to the top of the first heaven is 500 years. And then that's the distance of 500 years, the distance between each heaven. And then above them are the Chayas are these angels of the Chayas HaKodesh. And it's going to go through the different parts of the angel and say how it takes everything added up together, that amount of distance to get just from a small part of these angels. It says, The feet of these Chayas of these angels are equivalent to everything that we just mentioned. So it's way more than 500, just these feet. 500 years. And then you go to the ankles and it's equivalent to everything we said before that. And the same thing is true with regards to the lower parts of the leg. Uh, the same thing is true with the knees. It takes so much time to get just uh, the knees of the angels. It takes so much time to go up, to go through. The thighs of the chayos are also, it takes many, many years. And then the chayos themselves, take the, the body of the chayos takes many years. The upper body. The next of the chayos are equivalent to everything we just mentioned. All those years added up. The heads of the chayos are equivalent to everything that we mentioned added up. The horns of the chayos of these angels are also, uh, it takes a long time to, to get above them. Above that is the throne of glory. The feet of the throne of glory, the man that takes the time to take to get all the way up there. It's everything that we added up together. All the other numbers added up together. And then Kisei Kavod Kulan, the Throne of Glory itself is equivalent to all of them added up together. It's many, many years, and then hundreds of thousands or millions of years. And then the king rests on the Kisei HaKavod, on the Throne of Glory. And so basically the point is that it takes you, you live for only 70 years, it takes you many, many years to just get even close to the throne of Hashem. And that's what the verse says, Vata you said, Nebuchadnezzar, El I'm going to go on top of the clouds and I will compare myself to Hashem. The very next verse in Yeshaya, where this is found, says, no, you're never going to reach there. Achel Sha'ol, Turad El Bor. You're never going to get there. In fact, you're going to be the opposite. You're going to be lowered into the bottom of the pit. You will not. Uh, you will not be able to rebel. You won't overcome Hashem. So this is a bit of an esoteric gemara. That's the conclusion of the discussion of the heavens, of different types of heavens and descriptions of the heavens. Uh, one explanation that's given is that this is not referring to a physical space. But, and this is not the heavens of physical space, but it's rather, it's about levels of spiritual recognition. And it means that if you want to figure out Hashem, so then it's going to take you many, many years to understand. And one of the commentators explains that it only is going to take a long time, you're only going to have difficulty with it, serious difficulty with it, if you are trying to do it on your own. If, you don't, if you're not doing it for the sake of Hashem, to understand Hashem, but it's doing it to rebel, like Nebuchadnezzar, it's going to take you a long time. But... If you're doing it for the right reasons and you have help from Hashem, so then it is not as hard and you'll be able to understand Hashem.
Okay, that is the end of that story. The Gemara now continues with the Maisa Merkava. goes back to the Mishnah, the Mishnah that we had a few weeks ago, that says that when it comes to the Maisa Merkava, the description of the vision of the chariot of God, that you can only teach one-on-one, one student to another student, and you're also only allowed to teach a student who really fully comprehends. They really comprehend. They don't have so many questions. They fully understand it. And only such people are you allowed to teach the Maisa Merkava to. So the Gemara goes on. We're moving on to 13a3 in the art scroll. Tani Rabichia. Rabichia taught in a Brisa that there's a qualification here. The qualification is Tani Rabichia of a Moshe and Low Rashi Prakim. Even though you're not allowed to teach an average person, or we'll see who, what type of a person, but even though in general you're not allowed to teach anybody unless they are fully understanding what's going on about the Maisa Merkava, about this vision, you're allowed to teach them the Rashi Prakim, the chapter headings, just the the general headings of what is discussed there, that you are allowed to teach. That's what Rabbi says. But the Gemara comments on this and limits this, even with regards to the headings, just the the, the topics, without even going into detail, it's limited. Amr Abzir, Abzir says, A motion Rashi Prakim, Ela La'av, Beizdin, Ulchom Mishalibo Doeg, Bikirbo. Rabzir says that this is limited only to even just the, the headlines is limited to the head of a rabbinical court or the equivalent thereof. They don't have to have the actual title, but somebody who is fit for the rabbin, to be the head of the rabbinical court, which is somebody of great stature, or anyone uh, literally is, whose heart worries within him. Rashi explains what this means is somebody who is very serious. They don't act frivolous, frivolously. Um, it's uh, it's a very it's a serious person. The Gemara then quotes a different version of Reb statement and says Ikeda Amri. Maybe he said as follows: Not that it's either or, either somebody from the head of the rabbinical court or who is fit for that job, or for somebody who is uh, very serious and is not frivolous. Rather, it's you need both qualities. Ikeda Amri. Another way of understanding what Reb said. Another version is. It's somebody who is fit to be the head of the rabbinical court, and it's somebody who is a serious person, and they do not act frivolously. Okay, so it's either one of those two. So even just the headlines, you have to be on a very, very high level. The Gemara then presents a a bigger, more general ruling, and it says, Amar Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Ami says, Ein Moshe Sister Torah you cannot transmit the secrets of the Torah, these Kabbalistic ideas, these esoteric ideas, unless you have the following five uh, traits or attributes. The first one is Sar Hamishim. You have to be 50 years old. Apparently, the Gemara here says, many people have heard you have to be 40 until you learn Kabbalah. The Gemara here says that you have to be 50. You have to be at least 50 years old before you delve into these topics. The second one is Unisui Panim. You have to be a respected person. It's not just that you're 50, but you have to be a respected person. Number three is Viyoats. You have to be an advisor, uh, somebody who's an advisor, which the Ramam says it's that they have quick comprehension and they are clever. Number four is Vichacham Kharashim, a teacher of the wise, is number four. To say that even if you have quick comprehension, you still have to be somebody who is a deep thinker and comprehends uh, deep ideas. And then finally, the last one is Univon Lachash, a comprehender of mysteries.
Um, and you have to be uh, you have to be somebody who comprehends mysteries, which is the deep thinker. And the teacher of the wise is somebody who is erudite, a very wise person. And so you need to have these five attributes in order to begin to delve into these Kabbalistic, esoteric ideas. So again, you have to be at least 50, a respected person, an advisor, a teacher of the wise, and somebody who understands mysteries, uh, has, a, has a depth to them to understand these esoteric ideas. So it's very much limited in terms of who could really study these different subjects. We're going to stop here for this recording, and in the next recording we will move on to uh, one very interesting topic that is not related to these esoteric ideas and then it will continue on with other other uh, aspects of the Maisa Merkava of this vision of the throne of God.